really need a keyword strategy, you need to get your Pinterest profile optimized. So whether you're starting a new account or you're optimizing an account that you've had for a long time that needs to be cleaned up. And so that looks like getting really clear on what your keyword strategy is. And that could be as basic as what's the main thing that you do? You know, if you're a brand designer, popping in those keywords into the Pinterest platform and seeing what else pops up with it. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Vanessa Kind is my guest on the podcast today, and she is helping us get ready for the new year by sharing what we can do to be successful on Pinterest in 2021. We recap some of the biggest updates to Pinterest in 2020 and chat what users can expect in 2021. This builds on the last two episodes that Vanessa has done on the Brands at Book podcast about Pinterest. So if you're interested in learning more about Pinterest, especially if it's new to you, be sure to check out her first two episodes about Pinterest on the podcast. This episode was recorded live on the Davy and Krista Facebook page. We're going to start recording all of our episodes live to give our listeners a chance to ask questions of guests in real time. I'll do my best to release a schedule ahead of time, but sometimes that's just not possible. The easiest way to catch a live episode is to be following the Davy and Krista Facebook page. Be sure to check out the show notes at DavyandKrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. We want to hear from you. Let us know what kind of content you'd like to see on the Branset Book Podcast as we move forward. To leave your feedback, just send us a DM on Instagram at DavyandKrista. Now, on to the episode. So we're in business. For those of you who joined us live, welcome to a live episode of Branset Book. I got... Uh, Brands at Book regular here, Vanessa Kynes, joining me to talk Pinterest 2021. We did this episode back at the beginning of 2020. I'm not sure. Well, I guess we can talk how many predictions were accurate when it came to 2020. Obviously, Pinterest specific. I'm sure nobody's predictions for 2020 were accurate. But anyways, we can chat. Yeah, we'll chat. Pinterest for 2021. Talk about some trends that you saw back in 2020. And then for people who have never got started with Pinterest before, what they should focus on that will get them started and get them to where they want to be as quickly as possible. But then we'll also talk a little bit for those who already have solid Pinterest strategies in place, really how they need to adjust or level up to make the most of Pinterest in 2021. I guess first, maybe you can just give us briefly a summary of why people should spend time on Pinterest at all. Yeah. Well, first of all, one of the things that you just brought up is what I actually said in the 2020 podcast. So I was trying to pull that file up as you were talking, but I didn't get it in time. Why should we focus on Pinterest? We should focus on Pinterest primarily because it acts as another visual search engine. It's powerful for getting your content going from 
live and timely in the sense that we have to send our customers to it right away, like on Instagram, otherwise it fades away to an evergreen content strategy. And that evergreen content strategy is really important when life hits, like when you need to take a break, when you're on vacation, when you are focusing on a major launch and your content kind of drops or a content production, Pinterest can send people leads to your website on autopilot, essentially. So that's why it's important. So if you believe in SEO as important, you should believe that Pinterest kind of works with that. Yeah, and I think that's what makes Pinterest one of my favorite marketing channels is because it sort of acts as like, it's sort of this SEO social media hybrid, right? You know, it's like kind of the best of both worlds in my opinion. Honestly, I don't use Pinterest that much, but we've seen a lot of traffic from Pinterest in large part to you and the work that you did for us, getting that set up and getting that going over the course of a year. So it's been a really great acquisition channel for us just in getting more traffic to our website. And as you know, somebody who just likes to produce content, a great channel for distributing that content. So if you have questions about Pinterest, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to Vanessa's very first episode back on the podcast. And that was a while ago now. I want to say that was 2018. Uh, still... Krista was in labor with Jack. Yeah, so you can right. really think about when exactly that was. Yep, 2018. <laughs> and go back and check that out. There's still a lot of really great content in that episode that's still really relevant. So obviously the platform has changed a little bit. There have been updates, but that'd be a great place to start. And then from there, each episode I think you've done on Pinterest really builds on it, the previous one nicely. So um, excited to dive into what we've seen in 2020 when it comes to Pinterest. So yeah, tell us about Pinterest in 2020. What were the major updates and trends we saw this past year? Yeah, so 2020 was an interesting year for everything, obviously. And, you know, I was thinking back before we focus on Pinterest, you know, Instagram went through a lot of changes and all these platforms really, but those are the two that I probably paid the most attention to. So Pinterest was really popular. The, we saw traffic soar basically from March with the pandemic announcement all the way through the end of September. We saw numbers and many, many of the accounts that I managed that we've never seen before, which really mimicked the behavior of people at home, right? Like many of us, specifically between March and May, we really were locked in. We weren't really sure what was going to happen if we left our home. So we saw huge traffic stores. And I would say that in general, online business, most people did really well. People who make money primarily through digital products or digital services. So Pinterest really served that. I saw in the home decor world on Pinterest, DIY and budget-friendly options. And so maybe that translates into cheaper digital products, things that aren't high-end expensive, but like small products that people could work towards their business. So that was really, really interesting in terms of traffic to see the power that Pinterest really played in that. You know, and they and in 2020, they really changed the look of the platform a lot. It still operates very similarly. And we're going to talk more about like beginning strategy in this episode, but they introduced Pinterest stories, which if you're familiar with Instagram stories, it's kind of like a ripoff of that. It's like the Aldi version of Instagram. And so Pinterest has for a long time struggled as an identity of wanting to be a social platform. You know, there's followers on Pinterest, but we don't really pay attention to them. It really wants to move and capture that audience that's popular on TikTok, that's popular on Instagram. So they introduced Pinterest stories, which we're gonna unpack more. But basically, they don't direct traffic to your website. 
They're literally just images that you put on. You can do like a slideshow, but I think they're pretty powerful and they're going to be a big part of the conversation in 2021. Whether we like it or not, how they operate, we do need to use them. Yeah, that's so interesting. Would love to hear a little bit more about Pinterest stories because I don't think, see, I, I've never really been involved with our Pinterest. You know, again, it's, it was handed off from you to our administrative assistant, Emily. So she's in there. So this is the first I'm hearing, but I'm smiling because, you know, Twitter did the same thing. I think Twitter rolled out with stories. I'm not on Twitter, so I couldn't really tell you about it. But, you know, it's just interesting how everybody seems to be going in that direction where there's some sort of like live, a little bit less maybe curated you know, element to their platform. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how people should be using stories on Pinterest. Yeah. Okay. So when you, first of all, it's a little bit hard to identify a story. I mean, you do see on mobile, you'll see the profile pictures and they're lit up kind of like on Instagram. You can click on them. But again, what's really interesting is I don't think people use Pinterest or are trained to behave like that on Pinterest. So you may see them more just in your feed. And what you might notice is almost all, at least in most niches, Pinterest stories are at the very, very top. And they have like a little bar on them. It's kind of hard to describe, like a little page. So you know they look different from a pin, even though they're similarly sized, they're vertical. You know, and just what's really interesting about that is when you see them all floating at the top, it communicates to you that their distribution is ranking higher than a typical pin. Pinterest really wants to use them. So one of the important things about using them is that because they're not clickable, meaning if you click on a pin, a Pinterest story, it doesn't take you to your website. You really have to get creative about what you're doing. They're still vertical. So the official size is 900 by 1600, but you can repurpose square content, video content, it just looks not as great. It's a little bit funky. Sure. But if you notice, that's pretty similar to an Instagram story. I don't know exactly what Instagram story size is, but I'm pretty sure if someone in the comments knows, that'd be great. Pretty sure. So that can help you think like you could repurpose your Instagram stories in a creative way on Instagram without having to create two pieces of content. But basically... You know, we are all about that. Make yeah. the most out of what you already have because... Yeah. I mean, there's no... Especially if the ratio size is even close you know, mm -hmm. I would just use, even if it doesn't look great. I mean, I stop for things that are shared to Instagram stories that are obviously not created for Instagram stories, you know, like horizontal video, you know, if it looks interesting and engaging, like, yeah, maybe the impact would be just a little bit better if it were specifically formatted for that channel. But I think at the end of the day, the piece of content wins in terms of catching people's attention. Yeah. And I mean, that's a huge thing that I've been testing out. Okay, so before I get into like other ways to repurpose, because there's a big one that we can use, you know, so basically it is that two by three, it's a little bit longer, it's 900 by 1600. So if you do your math, that's really almost close. That's almost it's less than one by two. But some creative ways that I know your audience would be interested in Pinterest stories, because clearly it's going to be really different based on your niche is if you're a photographer and you love to shoot at a particular venue, create a Pinterest story of all the different shots that you've done at a venue. So they can be from different weddings. And then put a title on there saying, let's say it was the Naval Academy. That comes to mind since you guys were in Annapolis. You know, the U.S. Naval Academy wedding or military wedding or whatever. Have some kind of title on it and then showcase those. If you're a service provider, I think that you could really copy a lot of your services page and create like a slideshow of four or five images on what your services provide, like, or education. What are the five tips 
to beginning a branding strategy. And you can create one tip per page. So there's lots of ways that you can probably repurpose things that you've already done. I've repurposed one of our podcasts as a Pinterest story because it was like a five, you know, it was like a five X, Y, Z thing. I'm like, hey, one per slide. So that's a great way that you don't really have to come up with brand new content. Use what you have. But I want to highlight is I've been sharing clients' reels on Pinterest stories. And that's been really interesting and fun because if you're constantly creating reels, why not put it, push them to another platform? I want to note you can download a reel from Instagram, but it will not download the audio. So it is important to have some kind of subtitle so that people can read it on Pinterest. So as far as the reels go, have you seen more engagement with that sort of story format versus just sharing maybe static images that you're swiping through on Pinterest stories? You know, it's really early in the data because I think a lot of my clients are really new to using Instagram Reels. But so I would say that I've seen results from all kinds of things. But most of the ones I've posted in the last four or five months have been like education posts, like swipe through kind of education posts or venues. But I have seen Reels take off. I've seen TikTok videos, not for my clients, rank really high on Pinterest like the actual video, they just literally copied and pasted it over. And so that communicates to me that video content, even on Pinterest is going to perform. It's going to capture people's attention. So reels are early though. I feel like some people have really mastered them, but they're still pretty new to most people. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been using reels on Big Spring Cattle for that business's Instagram, but I don't make them. Jill is so good at those or creating those. So She's usually the one that makes those, but I need to go in. I need to check out on how those have been performing versus just regular stories for sure. In general, do you think like video is kind of the way of the future even for Pinterest? I mean, video content does perform. So I have multiple clients in different niches from like B2B to home decor who have million impressions of video. So we're shifting to video pins, which is different from a story. They have over a million impressions and it sends a ton of traffic. So I would say that before they introduced Pinterest stories this year, Pinterest video, which I'm sure should definitely be in the episode that we did about a year ago, we're doing really, really well. So yeah, I would say so. I mean, one of the things that you should look at is where are the ad revenue dollars going? And when you look on Pinterest, most of the content that big brands are paying to put on Pinterest are in video form. So that can kind of communicate to you, but that shouldn't scare you because we've just talked about different ways that you can repurpose what you've already created. Yeah, and I think that's the gist of it, especially for people who are just getting started out or just getting started. What you mentioned too about like home DIY stuff is really interesting reading a newsletter from Robinhood, which is like the stock trading. Mm, Yeah, uh, I've heard that. Yeah, so they have a great you know weekly Monday newsletter. But one of the things they mentioned today was, and I forgot what they called it, but how all these home company stocks have just been through the roof. So you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, Restoration Hardware was one they mentioned. Uh, even Restoration Hardware, interesting because you know you had mentioned about maybe people trying to DIY stuff. Well, Restoration Hardware for sure is also a high-end luxury brand. So they've been doing well too. So people have been focusing on their homes. Now, what they mentioned too, and this is just sort of an aside because we're talking about Pinterest here, is they're predicting maybe what they're calling some level of revenge spending in 2021. And what they mean is spending money on things that you couldn't spend money on in 2020. So vacations, nights out, you know, stuff that people just couldn't do over the last year. But I think to your point, it was really, you know, businesses that were set up online to do any sort of business online 
were well positioned for 2020. And I think a lot of people realize that even going hopefully into a year where things, you know, return to some semblance of normalcy. I think there's still a lot of people out there. Well, you know, I need to make sure that there's something, there is an element of my business that I can do online, or if I need to, I can serve people online seamlessly just in case that, you know, to handle something like that again. Yeah. You know, another important aspect of Pinterest is that if this year was hard for you for various reasons, maybe you were ill. I mean, I actually had coronavirus and, you know, maybe you were ill or recovering or you just kind of couldn't hang, which is totally reasonable way to respond to how difficult things were. Pinterest was working in the background for you. SEO was working in the background. I took a pretty long Instagram break and I don't believe my business suffered from it because I was still receiving traffic from various sources. So that's a good reason <laughs> to invest in strategies that have evergreen value. And that's really interesting about revenge spending because you know, I'm not in the travel industry, so I don't know if I'm going to see those trends, but home, just anything that revolved around being home. I mean, we moved, you moved, we were buying tons of stuff online, but that was really more related to our move. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I do think that DIY researched because people just kind of found a new passion for it. And so I'd be interested to see if they sell those trends in cooking and recipes, which I don't work with food. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I've been getting a ton of ads for masterclass lately. But anyways, getting off track here, I do think that even as things shift back to more in-person experiences, hopefully in the relatively near future in the next year or so, I still think that the way that people do business, you know, will have changed or shifted at least in a... A little bit. You know, I would imagine, for instance, like we've been picking up our groceries every week from the grocery store. You know, just, you know, you drive up, they put them in your, the back of your car and you drive away. I don't know if we'll ever go back to, you know, actually spending a significant amount of time in the grocery store again. You know, it just, well, like why? You know, because it's free to do the grocery pickup. And, you know, so why would we go back to that? So I think these trends are important to pay attention to. So as we shift our attention back to 2021, or shift our attention rather to 2021. What are some things that you think people should be kind of on the lookout for? What do you expect to see from Pinterest in 2021? Yeah, so we actually have talked a lot about these things already. We kind of jumped the gun to some of these new features, but I would say I would just really sit down and map out a piece of content that's been popular in the past on any platform and look for ways that you can repurpose it across platforms, not just to Pinterest, obviously different ones. But I mean, I want you to get really creative and get really strategic about what you share. And so that's repurposing those reels. If you're on TikTok, repurposing those, doing teaser clips. So like if you have a great podcast or a YouTube video, doing a short teaser clip or building that into your workflow that you share on Pinterest, either in story form or even Pinterest video form. Because again, like Pinterest is that big funnel brand awareness kind of platform, meaning it's where people don't go for branded search. They go for idea search through keywords. Uh And if you can just pique their interest enough and they engage with your pins and they get to your website, they're going to see more of what you do. But also if they engage with your Pinterest story, they're going to see more of your content in their feed. So just think about what you already have and repurpose that. I think the Pinterest platform, one thing we didn't really talk about, it went through some awkward changes this year too. They said they didn't have a major spam cleanup, but that affected a lot of healthy accounts. And so there were people experiencing that I think that was more in the like DIY kind of home decor recipe world. But 
because of that, they really have kind of gotten more strict about how much content you're sharing. So really, you don't have to share quite as much content as people think you do. So even 10 quality pins a day using a scheduler like Tailwind can really make a difference. So but I would pour all in into video content if I could, because those get way more distribution and picture stories, especially for a new account. Yeah, I'm going to have to start investigating that a little bit more. I was just kind of wondering, I wonder if there's a way to stream live to Pinterest. No, I haven't seen there's it. No, so there's no, there's no, like Pinterest yeah, live, but hey, you know what? They probably so will try this. it. Yeah, I hope so. So, and for those of you listening, trying out a new, it's not a new app, but it's new to me, Restream, which allows me to go, you know, live to multiple accounts at once. So trying that out a little bit this morning. And if you want to help us out, if you want to leave a question for Vanessa in the comments, let us know. One, I just want to kind of see how that works through Restream here. I'm using it in conjunction with Ecamm Live. So hopefully it works as normal. And I just see it here in Ecamm and am easily able to respond to those. But if you have a question, go ahead and drop those in. And before we wrap up here, I will make sure that that gets to Vanessa. All right, so let's real quick talk about people who have no or little presence on Pinterest. It is, you know, we're going into 2021. If you are them, what should they focus on in order to ramp up here? Well, thankfully, that's pretty much the advice that's been around for a long time. Really need a keyword strategy. You need to get your Pinterest profile optimized. So whether you're starting a new account or you're optimizing an account that you've had for a long time that needs to be cleaned up. And so that looks like, getting really clear on what your keyword strategy is. And that could be as basic as what's the main thing that you do? You know, if you're a brand designer, popping in those keywords into the Pinterest platform and seeing what else pops up with it. It's going to be things like web design, branding strategy. If you are a photographer, you're going to want to focus heavily on location keywords on where you like to shoot. If you're another B2B business, again, you just need to start to get that keyword strategy and optimize your profile. And that means cleaning up boards that you do not use for content. So I like to say, if you're really into avocado recipes, you've been saving those, but you never create content on anything related to probably food and avocados, you can make those boards secret. So what you're trying to do is communicate heavily to Pinterest what kind of content you produce and whatever's public on your profile is that. So there's that getting your keyword strategy down, maybe take picking your top 10 most popular pieces of content. Maybe you look at Google Analytics, which is a helpful tool, or even on Instagram, and you start sharing those pieces of content. Sharing multiple pin images for blog posts is a great way to fill up your queue. So your tailwind queue. So like literally Davey and Krista can create five different pin images, something they've always done three to five that go back to the same blog post. That's a great way to start to pump out volume without having to create tons of content. So there's really a lot you can do. If you've already created content, you're not brand new business, just brand new to Pinterest. You probably have a lot of stuff you can share. The other thing I would do is probably take those popular pieces of content, create pins that point back to Pinterest. And if this is confusing, y'all go back and listen to some of the other episodes because you know I unpack this in a more basic way there. But go ahead and create Pinterest stories that connect to those. Try to like send as many connections back to your profile and these pieces of content to really send a message to Pinterest on what you're about. And that's important. And obviously being consistent on the platform, you don't have to pin live. You can use a scheduler, which is a great aspect to Pinterest. It can kind of run in the background, but you do need to show up and create content for it, at least sure. ideally weekly. But I know that's hard for people. So let's say bi-weekly every other week. 
So yeah, I think a few things to what you said, I think are important. One, if you've been in business for a while and you've been creating content, you're not new to business, right? You're just new to Pinterest. And so there's a lot that you can make do with from past content that you've already created. So you know, that's the hard part, right? Is actually creating the content, creating the graphic, like it might be hard the first time you do it, but you're going to figure it out. Right. So it's something I appreciate it. Also just about getting started too. you have a course on Pinterest. I'm not sure if enrollment is open for that right now, but that is something that people, and I'm big fans of those types of courses, not only because people get to learn from somebody like you, who this is what you do. I mean, you specialize in Pinterest, you know, everything about what's going on in the Pinterest ecosystem. So not only are you super qualified and a great teacher, Teacher. But in addition to that, I'm a big fan of courses that teach specific skills like that. You know, like you go into a course like that and you know exactly what you're going to get out of it and why you're doing it. Whereas there are certain courses that I think people invest in that I'm like, ah, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like anything that teaches you sort of a hard skill, you know, and of course I think people would disagree that Pinterest or anything digital marketing is necessarily a hard skill. It's not like carpentry or something like that. But in the online world, anything that teaches a hard skill like that, I think is maybe worth investing in because you can very much understand, you know, hopefully what return you'll get out of it. So. So and it's a long open? game strategy. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. Sure. So, but that's but why I really like search in that. In that yeah, way. exactly. But that's why I really like thinking about Pinterest, not in a vacuum, but as you're focusing on content overall, really that content marketing kind of umbrella. Because if you're taking the time to develop a great blog post that might rank on SEO, you should take the time to like optimize it to get traffic from Pinterest or whatever you're creating. If you have a YouTube channel, putting it on your website is a great way to boost its search function, but also get some traffic from Pinterest. They work together. You know, another weird aspect of Pinterest, I don't know why I call it weird, is that Pinterest pins and boards rank in search engines. So like you could search for a venue and see one of the results as on Pinterest and it's someone's board. It could be your board on that particular venue. So there are lots of other ways that it works without necessarily having someone to search for it in the platform. Yeah. I also want to highlight another change that we didn't get on is hashtags have kind of basically been dropped. And that was Pinterest really trying to be a social platform. And they just, they dropped them. So if you still have them in your old descriptions, it's not going to hurt you, but you don't have to focus as much on hashtags. Yeah. And again, not, not quite being on Twitter. I wonder if, cause I don't really use them on Facebook, you know, and I certainly don't yeah. use them on Instagram, you know, not saying that they're not worth using on those platforms, but I just, you know, I guess they're not, they might not be as quite of a big part of the strategy, but then again, you know, people shouldn't be taking their Instagram advice from me. So maybe people are like, no, Davey, you absolutely should be focusing on hashtags. And you know, yeah, Machine learning is just so smart now. It can yeah. just tell so many different things about... It's really probably mostly engagement. It just knows sure. how content goes out, if it's going to engage, increase the, the distribution. With it. Yeah. yeah so sure. it's it's way smarter than us, or at least me. Sure. So. Well, I would love to wrap up by hearing about, you know, if you have a Pinterest presence, you really want to level up, what is, you know, sort of the one thing that you should focus on in 2021? I think I could guess your answer. Ooh, well, I I guess your answer. Sure. Go for it. And you can totally tell me if I'm wrong, but video content. Yes. Video content. Well, what I'm going to say is have a piece of video content, Uh a Pinterest story and still pins for everything that you create. Where's my third? I was a third of the way there. Yeah. So try to find ways to incorporate them all. I want to point out a video pin 
So you guys are designers. I am not. So you can use something like Canva, right? And great. You can buy great templates actually on like Creative Market, probably Etsy. And Canva has templates as well. So you can animate a pin on Canva with like a little sticker, they call it. Um, It could just be like an arrow that moves or a line. Guess what, guys? That's a video pin. So create a still pin, add a sticker to it, save it as an MP4 and upload that to Pinterest. That counts as a video pin. So that took a second more to create a video pin. But try to have those three pillars for every piece of content that you create. And that's all pointing back to one blog post that probably took you a couple hours to create. But those things took you like a second to just modify. Okay, so the thing that I do want you to do, if you've been on Pinterest and you have a solid strategy, take a look at Google Analytics and let the data tell you what to do. So look at your top 10 posts, go through those, create a Pinterest story for each one of those posts if you don't already have one, create fresh pins, like new pin graphics that point back to those URLs create more content based on that. I have one client who just basically, well, we're all like this really. 80% of our traffic comes from 20% of our posts. So don't feel bad like about reincorporating those because that's what people are searching for and that's what they want to learn about. So use that data as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I read an interesting article about a search engine optimization test. Basically, if you've Googled anything, you've probably noticed there's a little bit of a trend in the title. So when the search results page shows up, the SERP shows up at the end of the title, it'll say something like updated 2020 or updated May 2020 or, you know, something like that. And so they ran a test basically testing appending something like that to the article versus not having it. And they found that it actually does make a difference. So people are more likely to click on stuff that says, you know, updated December 2020 versus something that maybe you're unsure about how long ago it's been updated. But my guess is that for most of those articles, and I don't know this for sure, is that they may not have been updated, you know, or maybe a sentence has changed. So you don't have to rewrite the article to do that. You can literally go in and just change the title. You want to make sure that the link doesn't change, the actual URL doesn't change, but go in and, and change that to the title. I mean, maybe and see if you get an easy boost from doing something like that, if the content is still good, of course. Yeah, that's a great tip. Actually, for the last three years, I've updated a post. So I'll have to, I actually was thinking about this for this episode, incorporating the audio clip or whatever it's called into that blog post and then kind of highlighting it and updating it. But it's the same post, you know, and when you see a pin on Pinterest, that's Pinterest strategy for 2018, no one's going to click on that. So it's kind of dead in that sense. But I still have all the Google juice from that popular post. It, It was on page one. It probably, it may not be if other people have already updated it to 2021, but that's a great, great strategy. So I love that. Yeah. So interesting, simple things that you can do. And you learn those things just kind of along the way by doing it, you know? So that always seems to be the gist of each episode is just to get started. And one day I'll get started with video content, although I feel like this counts to at least some extent, right? Well, I was talking to my husband about podcasting because, I mean, I think there are people who love to listen to podcasts who just aren't going to watch videos. So I think think what you're doing is enough, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. It's always... Um, yeah, maybe the best of both worlds. I don't know. The hard part is figuring out how to distribute on 
I mean, there's YouTube, of course, but this seems like a whole nother channel. It has its own strategy, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for spending the Monday after Christmas with us chatting about Pinterest for 2021. I know that the Pinterest for 2020 episode was really popular. So got to imagine this one will be also popular and helpful for people as they prepare for 2021. What does this week look like for you? Do you usually take this week off or you? No. So we... (laughs) Well, I guess when this goes live, it won't really matter. So we are actually in Virginia with my husband's family and he loves watching football, all the bowl games. And so he promised me he'd help me with homeschooling. I don't know if I mentioned this to you or if this was just the earlier part of the episode. And so we're staying the week and hanging out, but yeah, it's so fun and stuffing our faces, but yeah, I'm going to be working this week. He's going to be helping out with the homeschooling. So, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's the goal is so that when we get back, I'm not like totally stressed out. And he just goes to the office by honey. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to catch up on. I don't yeah. like feeling that way. So. I totally get it. This is probably one of the few weeks during the year that I, I typically just take off. Veg. As I said, have a little bit of work to do this morning, definitely a little bit of work to do tomorrow morning. But then after that, hopefully an otherwise pretty relaxing Christmas, you know. But you're a farmer now, so animals still need to eat. So well, that's the thing. I mean, that's the one thing about farming, right? Is that, you know, regardless of whether you're taking off or whether you're sick or whatever, you have to go and you have to feed the animals and, and make sure that they're taken care of. So yes, of course, still have to do that. You know, fortunately, we can split those chores up a little bit among the group and you know it's kind of stuff that you can do on your way out and yeah so we'll see i guess you don't really get a break from farming no it's hard work it really is but i think people just love it and it's a passion so they stick with it it's been great well thank you so much vanessa I will make sure that any questions we get, get sent your way. And of course, if you want to get in touch with Vanessa, you can check the show notes for all the different places that you can follow along with her. And like I said, if you haven't heard Vanessa's first, I think we've done two other episodes on Pinterest specifically. If you haven't checked out those episodes, be sure to go check out those because I think each of them build on each other in a helpful way. And even though the first one was released in 2018, still has some great advice that is still relevant for today. So Yeah, I think especially keywording, that's just something you have to figure out before you can really take off. So Same with search engine optimization, but like yeah. if, if keywording sounds technical and scary to you, I mean, you can get really technical with it, but you can also make it pretty simple. You know, just it's what you do it. every day by searching yeah, your exactly. keywording. You know, there's a lot <laughs> yeah. just by the Google searches that you perform around what you do and looking at the suggestions that Google makes, you know, and starting there. And then again, it's just a matter of learning one more thing after that and building on that. But yeah. anyways, thank you, Vanessa. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DeviantKrista.com. 